Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The program is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the program at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, Ben here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. A.L. Hayde. Tim Ledsom, Kay, Candria Sanchez, Rock, Julie Saunders, Nate Cleveland, Riss Lawton, Sam Gregg, Ash Pyle, Martin Orchard, Cheryl Peterson, Kristen Bonner, Zach Clark, Mark Elliott, Anna O'Rourke, Aaron Dombrowski, Jay Fernandez, Matt Landau, David Minch Dixon. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Rusty Quill and take a look at our rewards. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today I have... James Ross, Bryn Monroe, Lydia Nicholas, Ben Meredith. And who are you playing? Sebastian McGuffigan. Hamid, the eternal font of sadness. Sasha, the stabby in the dark. Zolf, shut up, Dad! Smith. (laughs) (laughs) In fairness to Zolf, you are having just... Yeah, it's been a hard Just the it's been a bit of a rubbish time. week, two weeks, like it's it's, We have really not dealt with the leg loss. Mm. <laughs> it turns out, right, all of this campaign is just a metaphor for starting a small business and all of the <laughs> horribleness that's associated with that. That's all it is. So is it particularly cathartic for you, Alex? Me? No, 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 no. Shut up, Dad! <laughs> <laughs> so, picking up where we left off, last things that happened in this season, obviously <laughs> Paris is starting to go a bit... Rioting. Wrong. I mean, it's Paris. They love rioting. It's it's all it's all going a bit bad. And the where we left off, Zolf was having a genuine breakdown in his room. Yeah, it was. Hamid is totally lacking the skills to deal with this situation. Sasha is out trying to help people with random acts of kindness, I suppose. Yeah, random acts of jumping down on top of a mugger. Yeah. Um, and uh, like not killing anyone. Wow. Uh, but Batmaning. Very but, very big of you, yeah, Sasha. Yeah, but knocking a lot of people out. So statistically, killing some <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah. As Archer would say, you kicked seven people in the chest. One of them's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. you know, she's not actively really hurting people. Just like 
getting people out of the yeah. way, grabbing babies out of burning buildings. All that kind of, um, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I could roll and if she does a 20, she could genuinely save a child from a burning building and all of her problems will be over because she'll feel so good about that. I don't Bertie, know. Bertie, I presume, on Bertie, the other hand. Bertie is doing a lot like Sasha's and is getting a lot of Batman in the set, but more so because he's and rich. He's incredibly privileged and not doing anything to help. Not doing anything to help, really. <laughs> he's just indulging his own trauma. <laughs> Um, Unless you just found someone in a costume to pick up. Pretty much. Yeah, just somebody who's like mentally unstable. Is he just running? Do you want to be my ward? I need a ward. Yeah. Will you Wards. be my ward? I need yes. a ward. <laughs> I shall call you Robin. <laughs> He's got a rather more Keynesian approach to finding crime. <laughs> Um, so there's a, certain, there's a certain amount of like going out in full plate armour looking super glossy walking down the alleys and going like oh what am I going to do with all of these jewels I'm feeling so clumsy smack of sword against large bin echo billow we will rejoin both of those characters soon first find them dead. <laughs> you eventually drag yourself into bed have a very very poor time going to sleep and eventually do so you find yourself on the ocean and you are on the boat that you cross the channel in it is a little bit choppy it is not stormy and there is nothing happening but it's a very this is a type of dream you are familiar with mm -hmm. this is a type of dream where you feel like you're awake but are very aware that you must be dreaming so it's a lucid it is yeah. completely lucid <sighs> right what do you want then there's no response. Brilliant. <laughs> I sure hope this is in real time. <laughs> what feels like an enormous length of time. <laughs> right, yeah, it's in real time. <laughs> Eventually, to your practiced eye, you see what appears to be an enormous storm forming on the horizon. It is potent. It is a, it's a shipwrecker. You've seen that type before. Mm-hmm. Time begins to accelerate, almost time lapse in its scale, sure, yeah, yeah. in that you are watching a, a cyclone basically build, but at the very edge of your vision. It is growing and it is growing and it is growing. It's drawing nearer very slowly, and then it suddenly comes right up to where you are. It's a very unnatural storm, in that it looks like someone's taken a storm and cut it in half. Yeah. All of the front is piled up, piled up, towering into the sky above you, but you are in calm waters. 100 feet away from you is the choppiest cyclone you can imagine. There's a few water spouts kicking around. Right, okay, what? Are you angry? Usually are. What do you want? Eventually, you start seeing a figure walking towards you over the choppy waves. They're walking on the water. They, you... Oh my God, it's Jesus! Hazel, <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you heard? <laughs> oh, sorry, it's Buddy Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the cameo, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed Alex managed to book him. <laughs> so, it's a humanoid figure, and at this distance it looks normal size. The figure approaches, and as the sort of curtain of rain and storm passes, you see him step out into the calm. It is a figure that has little in the way of a face. It is, again, to your eye, it's like someone has taken the water from the very deepest parts of the ocean you've ever seen and plonked it in front of you in a humanoid shape. It does not look like a person. It has arms-ish, it has legs-ish, and it's walking-ish, but it is a deep, deep, murky black. You get a very intense vibe, not an evil vibe, but a very intense vibe. It's like you're looking at that huge storm and you've squeezed it into a tiny little space. Yeah. And it walks towards the boat and then stands off the boat and faces you. It's super intense. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, Give I'm, me a will save. I was going to say, I'm pretty shaken by that, because that's uh, some spooky magic. Oh dear. Um, 15. Oh, it wait, is. hang on a minute. Uh, I've got stuff. Uh, if you can make it higher than 15, um, it I've matters. I've got a plus two bonus save to a motion spell effect. That's not a spell, is it? Uh, I will count it. Okay. I will count it. So, 17 then. You are on the exact border of what you can handle before it just overwhelms you in sheer fear. And it's just stood there and it is staring at you completely impassively. Okay. What? Consider me frightened. You're a god. It's, yes, very powerful. What? Why am I here? What are you doing? It reaches its hand out and then suddenly, all at once, shoots up from the water a tripod. And it shoots into its hand. It holds it 
and then throws it onto the boat and it clatters at your feet. I, I don't... What am I sp- Brilliant, I've got that back. I, what do you want? What am I going to do? Nothing I've done has helped. I'm not good at this. I don't know what I'm doing. It steps onto the boat, which has a sort of... It's only small, so it's, it I'm can... I'm going to scramble back yeah. from it. As it steps onto the boat, it disintegrates. It falls apart. You plunge into the water. It is not choppy water. It is just normal. The storm is still raging. It walks over to you on the water and looks down at you as you are struggling to tread water. You realise that up to this point, you hadn't noticed. You had your legs in the stream. Now you don't. Now you're struggling to swim as you're missing bits that you've been used to swimming with. Mm -hmm. And you realise that your arm which didn't have ports, now does have the port, and it's not moving anymore, and you're starting to struggle to float. The trident is floating next to you. The creature stands above you impassively and looks at you, and looks at the trident and looks back. I am not going to be intimidated by, or strong-armed, or blackmailed, even if it is a god. So I'm just going to stop swimming and uh, let myself sink below the waves, trying to keep eye contact as much as I can because it's terrifying. <laughs> 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 staring down a god! Alpha as... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just trying to. Trying right. to. I'm not going to be blackmailed into believing in a god. Is he blackmailing you there already? Is he just... Is what he's giving you really is just heavy-handed symbolism. Is that well, I don't know. It feels like intimidation Sorry. to me. Just, just yeah. symbolism. Is that what he's on? Yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're okay. Poseidon's not a subtle god. No. Yeah. You're fine. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it might, he might be trying to lend you a hand. But Maybe. It's not like a pat on the back, really. Mm. Hey, look. So, you're important. you sink beneath the waves... The last thing you see is their face staring impassively at you as you sink, and you sink into the darkness, and you wake up it's the next morning. Is there like, I'm assuming there's like a crystal decanter of water? Uh, uh, yes, yes there is. I will grab the crystal decanter mm-hmm. and throw it as hard as I can against the window. Okay. In just an outpouring of... It smashes yeah. through the window rather than the decanter breaking, and it just tumbles out into the... Uh, Street. Is there a shout of someone going, Oi! Um, I've squashed a baby! <laughs> <laughs> not again! My god! <laughs> there is not. Oh. Everyone apart from Zolf, give me a perception check. So this is the morning and we're all back in. Yep, I'm, I'm handling it. Okay. Four. four. Back on four. <laughs> yeah. 22. 22. 20. 20. Sasha, as you are entering back into the hotel room, mm-hmm. You hear a shattering coming from Zol's room. Hamid, you are woken up by it. It's surprising you could hear it over the sound of Bertie snoring in his room. Has Hamid fallen asleep against the door? Yes. Because oh, oh, he loves you. Sasha, you are now fatigued, yep. having been up all night. What does that mean? You're minus two to all rolls okay. until you sleep. However, minus one. your night went actually really well. I rolled for this. It went very, very well. You genuinely feel like you made a difference out there. I caught However, a decanter that was about to fall out. High reflexes. Most of the things that you have dealt with, though, were acts of desperation, and you weren't really rescuing from any bad guys. It was mostly just, you know, two people are doing it. You take out both of them mm. and then go, stop it! Mm. And they do, and they leave. It was lots of breaking up fights rather than actually like huge heroics, but there were multiple cases where there were vulnerable people who would have been caught in that crossfire. You feel like you've done good, but you're knackered. It was it was just all night. You're still asleep, Bertie, so you don't get to know how it was. That was Bertie's night. You don't get to know until you wake up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is the situation you have come into. Hamid is flustered at the door to Zolf. I rush into Zolf's room wearing the same clothes I was wearing yesterday. They are crumpled and eyeliner is still streaked down my face. Is it not? I'm locked? sorry, but sympathy is 100% to Zolf. Your slight mucking up of um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, makeup yeah. is very low on the yeah, And have you pressed digitated your makeup to look perfect <laughs> in brief? It's no! Very, it's very ah. disappearing. Uh, <laughs> and also, is the door locked? Can you uh, in? No, I mean, oh, right, I, okay, I just okay. slammed it. Okay. So you both, uh, well, Hamid rushes in, you said. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of stare at you and just lie back down and put the covers over my head. It's like, <laughs> no! <laughs> I, what? Are you? I'm fine! Well, right. no, but I'm glad. Okay. Right. 
Um, uh, I'm gonna go to bed and we'll lie down on the bed in her room, uh, in her clothes. Give me a will save. Trying to be so exhausted that she will fall asleep. Give me a will save. 20! (laughs) Natural 20. Natural 20. 20. You sleep. Ah. And you finally sleep. You haven't actually properly slept in about three days. Mm. You actually sleep. You are the sleep of the dead. You are completely comatose asleep. Do you have anything you particularly want to do, Hamid? Oh, yeah. In the morning. I'm just going to sit down next to Zolf's bed as he's hiding under the covers. Zolf, I don't think I ever told you why I wanted to become an adventurer. I'm not in the mood for this. Not everything can be fixed by the heart to heart, you know. Just go chat to Sasha or Bertie or something. Just leave me alone. You need to hear this, Zolf. I know you don't want to, but you need to. Why? Why? Is it because, I don't know, a heroic dwarf saved your life or, or, or you saw a poster of me and it's all very inspirational? Like, it's not how the real world works. It might be for you. You Just leave me alone. No, it's not, Zolf. I made mistakes. I did things. People got hurt. Stuff I regret. I'm trying to make up for them. And we've made mistakes we, since we started working together. I know that. I know you feel like the things we're doing aren't good enough. And I know you know I feel the same. And I've failed and I've got hurt and I've got other people hurt. And I haven't helped when I've wanted to help. But that doesn't mean we should stop trying we're just people we're all people and we're not perfect it doesn't matter if we make what matters is that we don't give up is that we keep trying to do good is that we keep trying to help that we make up for the mistakes we don't let the mistakes become all we are we don't let the mistake be the final thing the final word on us we don't let the mistake be the only thing we ever contributed to this world. Shutting off that computer was not a mistake. It's led to some consequences, some horrible consequences. But that doesn't mean it was wrong. And the thing that would be wrong is giving up on that decision, is letting that be the last thing we do. If we go out there, if we keep helping, then that's that's what matters. Are you finished? Snoring sounds from both of them. Oh, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> nothing from anyone else. Or some solid pathetic fallacy from the world here. <laughs> I'm going to accelerate time at this point. The day wears on. Bertie, with no one to wake him up, and having been up slightly late, oh, sleeps through the day. <laughs> Sasha <laughs> sleeps through the day, having been up all night trying to help people. Zolf sulks through the day well i say sulk this is perfectly legitimate justified (laughs) and that was incredibly unfair of me hamid what do you do you have an entire day where no one is available to do anything what do you do i clean myself up get myself dressed have a very small breakfast (laughs) funny you say that there is no food okay i'm gonna head outside and i'm going to try and do what I've just said we should do, which is what I now realise is what Sasha was doing. Okay. And she's helping people, and I'm going to try and help people. And I'm going to do it in a very different way. <laughs> How are you to going Sasha. to be doing it? I'm going to mediate. I'm going to reassure. I'm going to comfort okay. people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to persuade other people to help each other. I'm going to... The first thing I'm going to do is probably go down and say every bit of food in this hotel, every bit of food you have left... Send it out onto the streets. We'll play, spread we'll play it. with me. Okay. So you come down, the concierge is there. He is talking to a member of staff very, very heatedly. And a member of staff, as you are coming down, sees you, snorts and walks out. The gargoyles part for them. They leave. So there's just the concierge at the desk. He sees you, straightens himself up, kind of composes himself. I'm very, I'm very sorry. So is there a, is there a problem? What, what can I do for to you? apologise for. You're very low on food. There isn't much left, is there? I, I, I'm so sorry, sir. No, no, no. Um, we've been having. I didn't ask you to bring me food. I asked you a simple question about the state 
of the kitchens. We've actually been um, bringing in a wizard to supply the fresh food as all of the perishables have already, already um, expired. And then stop. We need to be out there helping. You need to be helping. Any food you've got left, start giving it away. Um, on the I, street, outside. I can't really do that, sirs. There's not really that much to give. One of the staff members stole what was left. and uh, It doesn't matter how much there is, anything that is left. Anything at all. He looks around, takes a moment, reaches over, and very, very apologetically passes you the bowl of peanuts and drops it in <laughs> front of you. Like, there is a bowl of nuts behind the counter. He puts it in front of you and goes, I'm afraid that's about it, sir. Again, we've been using a wizard, but he, he didn't turn up today. Um, we haven't heard why, but it's, it's not too hard to guess. Yes. Where's your family? Uh, no, no family for me, sir. Uh, Who are your friends? My job is my life. <laughs> Don't spend this time serving us. Go, go out there and help everyone. This city is falling apart, and everyone needs to be doing everything they can to put it back together. Well, sir, I, I suppose... We're not worth it. Don't serve us. <laughs> if you hear this, he would be so angry. <laughs> so angry. <laughs> Sash would feel that it's a bit, like, martyrish. <laughs> well, it, it it's very hammered. Yeah. It's very hammered. Yeah. Well, if you'll... Yeah, it's perfect. If you'll forgive me, sir, um, and, and you'll pardon my, my forthrightness, I can't help everyone, but I suppose I can look after this place. Better one small piece of calm than none. I suppose that's fair. Are you heading out? Yes. Well, uh, look after yourself, sir. He gestures Thank the you. gargoyles part for you. You head out. And I think we'll take a break there and be back in a couple of minutes. Hey. Hey. Uh, you. Yeah, no. Y you with a face. Yeah. I, I know I shouldn't be here, but got in like a wet ferret slipping through the hands of a moisturiser salesman. You know me. I just needed to let you know about this deal, right? Uh, you head over to rustyquill.com and follow the links to the store or go on redbubble.com and search for us. I've been appraising this stuff and it is good. There's all sorts of stuff in there. You want Brutor's face on a mug? You got it. You want Hamid's face on the wall? It's there. You want Bertie's face? Why? Yeah, well, I, I, I gotta go now, but you just remember, right? Head over to rustyquill.com, follow the links. Tell them I sent you. Just, um, well, I just wondered, though, uh, are you going to eat all that eel key? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And welcome back. Bertie, you wake up. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is about 10 p.m. at night. The apartment is dark. What? No one seems to be in, as far as you can tell. Good morning. And, uh, <laughs> give me a perception check. Four. <laughs> Classic Bertie. Everything is fine. Oh, well, that's a relief. Excellent. Uh, Bertie, reflect back on the previous night's activities, which you're, you're... going to talk about because you rolled. Yes, I did. <laughs> so I don't know. You were very successful in your goal. <laughs> the entire time, you managed to find one person who looked like they were eyeing up their chances to mug someone and beat them senseless. <laughs> a lot of people were very, very encouraging of this. It's almost like a, a certain bloodthirstiness has come into the streets, which you're quite, quite comfortable mm. with. If anything, it was like when you were beating up this uh, very short mugger that um, the crowd were calling you to carry on doing it. But honestly, it started to feel a bit tasteless, really. So you just sort of he got bored. left him there <laughs> and loudly declared your name to the crowd. And, uh, Sir Burton McGuffigan, scourge of crime! And then yes. you kind of headed back, because, I mean, yeah. you'd, you'd done it, really. And it crime. took you about three hours to yep. find a crime as it was, so... Yeah. Uh... Any more crimes? More crimes? Anyone? Anyone? 
Cry rhymes. <laughs> clank, 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 clank. I'm about to play. Come on. <laughs> Anyone? There, are, there were none. No and you crimes. have gone home, slept the sleep of someone, and have had no food and wake up hungry to an empty apartment. Um, I do have some uh, fortified iron rations remaining from uh, Cyprus. Okay. So I have a nibble. It's thoroughly bland and unenjoyable. This is, is tasteless. Do you have any plans for the rest of this day? Well, the it's evening. ten o'clock. So do I? Do I realise that time? I'm upset for all of four. <laughs> you do. Okay. Because uh, the apartment's dark right. and it's night out. Uh, In fact, he's just woken up very quickly though. <laughs> that no, was a surprisingly refreshing catnap. No, because now it's raining. Oh. In fact, it's raining quite a lot. Mm. The city sleeps. Sir Bertrand McGuffingham, enemy of the criminal mind, protector of the weak and the innocent. Hamid, you come in the door. As this monologue is happening. You are extremely wet. See how you did. The criminal has a natural fear, being a superstitious sort. Hamid enters. I shall be the falcon man. Hamid <laughs> enters. You are wet and dispirited. Maybe I could wear my underwear. You were working <laughs> very hard to try and mediate things, but frankly, no one was listening. You didn't make things worse, but the only people that you did manage to meet, equal parts, were fleeing, beating things, mostly inanimate objects. There was a there was a decent amount of looting. The best effect that you managed to do is a couple of stores didn't get looted because when you tried to tell, talk them out of it. They ended up just leaving thinking that you were some kind of magical police enforcement or something mm-hmm. similar. You have just come into uh, Bertie standing surveying Paris. Majestically armed <laughs> strides. <laughs> when they need me, they shall make the falcon signal. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? Gosh, I look majestic right now. Um, <laughs> no. I am going to speed time ahead yet more. Yep. Uh, Sasha goes out again. Do you go out all night? Yep. Okay. Bertie also goes out fighting crime in a very similar way to last night. Second roll. Okay. So, Zolf, you find yourself back on the open ocean. You find yourself back on the boat. Yeah. The entire same dream plays itself out. The humanoid figure is there. He steps up. This time he doesn't pass you the trident. He's holding it. As he steps towards you from that cyclone, every step he takes, he gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Till eventually he's bigger than the cyclone. He's an enormous, godly figure striding the landscape. He kneels down onto one knee, puts his face towards yours, and then reaches his hand out, and there's a weird warping of perception. Till the hand that's reaching out is actually normal human size. As you're looking down at it, you look back up and the figure has suddenly gone from that huge towering figure to something human. You are there without your legs and it's offering you a hand to pick you up. I, do, you want, do you want to talk? I don't know what happens if I grab your hand. I, I don't know if I can agree to anything right now. I don't... If you're looking for some kind of holy crusader to spread the word, I, you're, you're looking at the wrong dwarf. I I don't know if I can do this anymore. I, you know how much I screwed up before. The, the only thing that redeemed me was trying to help my friend, but that was just because I got them into a mess. That wasn't that wasn't noble. That was just guilt. Right. Fine. I'm just gonna keep doing this, aren't I? So I'll grab it at the hand. You awake to a searing pain at the stumps of both of your legs. Hamid, give me a perception check that both of you are currently out. All right. 16. You awake to Zolf screaming in his bed and thrashing under the covers. Oh, rushing. Zolf is covered in covers and thrashing manically. You see that the sink in his room is overflowing. The ground all around the bed is sodden. There is water pouring into the room from that sink. It looks like... He has been deliberately flooding the room or something. I'm going to try and pull the cover off him. Uh, you managed to do so. Just to give him a bit more freedom. Chuck it towards the door. Zolf, Hello. you awake to Hamid over you. Your legs no longer hurt. But you have only just this second. It has been You have been waking up going, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Absolute agony. Instantly stopped. 
Hamid grabs your hand. It's all from here. Right. What's wrong? Um. You look down. The plug, the sockets for your legs, you see, are basically one is on the end of the bed, the other one is buried in the wall <laughs> at the far end of the bed. Mm-hmm. Where your the bottom half of your legs should be, you see a pair of legs, <gasps> briny almost, made of literally made of water. Ah, sea legs. You've got sea legs. That are that have basically as you're watching the water from the sink flows up and finishes forming the legs at the base of your legs. You have the bizarre ability to see the stumps that were there, and they're in a ragged shape from whatever those sockets were, but the water seamlessly makes a seal at the stumps and goes into two fully formed legs, both of them. Made of water? Made of water. Ah! So weird! Body horror! Ah. Uh, um. Hamid, give me a perception check. (laughs) <laughs> Natural one. Carry on. <laughs> this isn't. This, this isn't what I. This isn't what I agreed to. This isn't what I want. What are you doing? I. <laughs> I look nonplussed. <laughs> Mechanically nonplussed. Yeah. I have the trait nonplussed. What, what do you want? Brilliant. What is this? I don't know what you want. So uh, I don't say anything. I just give Zolf a hug. I'm going to accelerate time mm-hmm. to the following day after everyone wakes up. It's late afternoon. Everyone, give me a perception check. Everyone, give me a perception check. Fifteen. Twenty-three. Twenty. Twenty. Mm, very impressive. All of you have heard, as some of you were sleeping, waking up and sleeping again, and so on. The distinct sounds of what sounds like a war zone developing outside and very very distant but over the course of the day drawing nearer there are the distinct sounds of combat of some kind lots of cries lots of yells um eventually a stone comes in through a window on the back and lands in the sort of hallway of the apartment that is what wakes you all up Well, uh, gentlemen and lady, it would appear that Paris has fallen once again into disorder. It becomes one man's duty to spread law and order where there is chaos. That man is Falkenberg. Yes, I, Sir Burton McGuffigan, shall stride out manfully into the streets and resolve this crisis in Paris himself. You are, of course, welcome to join me. Also, I'm hungry. We haven't had room service for days. I'm starving. Let us literally go out and steal some food. I think everyone's starving, Bertie. I agree we should go out there and try and calm everything down. That would require us to stay calm as well, though. Uh, Has anyone checked on Zolf? He's still there. Uh, Zolf, we're heading out for uh, food and saving the world. You want to come? Uh, yeah, I'll open the door and walk out. Oh! Whoa! What? Oh! What? <laughs> oh! How, wait, how tall is he? How long how are the legs? Four foot three. All oh, right. I mean, it's still four legs. For what it is, they're good-looking legs, <laughs> very shapely calves. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. something different about you, Mr. Smith. Yeah. I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, oh, yes, you've got legs made of fiddlesticking water. <laughs> yeah. What, what the sugar is up with that? What have you done? What, what the sugaring fiddlestick? What, what? the mother fiddlestickering sugar? Do they leave wet footprints? No, they don't. Ah, she runs behind him. He's like, they don't leave wet footprints. What you Bertie do see? Bertie just pokes him in the thigh. <laughs> Does his finger go in? Yes. Ooh! Ooh, it's laminar flow legs. <laughs> and Bertie just passes his hand through it. Like, Ooh, you like, successfully do this so. This is really very the soothing. The water passes and then it takes a weird moment to uh, readjust itself, but yeah, you can pass oh, your my. hands through. And going through water, look, yeah. look, look, Bertie. what's this hand? It's an impression, this is Moses, look. Bertie, that's kind of, that's kind of intimate, that's someone's, that's someone's legs. Should I buy the white wine spritzer first? Is that what you're getting Bertie. at? Oh, that, you don't, you can't just grope people like that, even if they are made of that's water. proper fancy, that is. Cool. 
you, 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 you had magic legs. For audio listeners, by the way, the filthiest look I've ever seen <laughs> Ben hold as a character in my life at 30. Oh my god. I only came out because I haven't eaten in three days and we should probably go get some food. Yeah, we should and get some, maybe, yes, and uh, maybe some high boots. No. I don't know what this is, and I don't know what kind of trick Poseidon thinks he's playing. I, this is, I, I don't know what this is supposed to mean. Just, oh, look, you get some free legs. Well, the rest of us have got free legs. So, you know, I didn't play yeah. tonight. So, to be fair, it's not like you're getting any bonuses, Zolf. <sighs> do they do magic stuff? I don't know, and I don't care. This is not what... I wonder what I could get if I dedicated myself religiously. Um... It means Poseidon still has faith in you, Zoe. Well, maybe I don't have faith in Poseidon. Maybe, maybe, maybe... He seems to be demonstrating his... his... No, no! <laughs> oh, faith in him as in, like, you think he's a good god. I, yeah, I, I don't know why I'd be done... Stupid dreams and symbolism and rubbish like that and not anything... Just... Oh, I just want to have a conversation. With well, uh, fine, let's have a conversation now. Not you with you. Me. Now, uh, well, Poseidon's place, great faith in you, blah, blah, blah. Anyone but you. Strike me that this is really very heavy-handed. Why don't we go out and get some food? Yeah, uh, uh, Sasha, was, she's been spending all this time out and she's got local knowledge. She Would she know where there are places? Give me a knowledge level. Yep, yep. knowledge level. Check. Ooh, 13. No. Oh. All of the places that you are aware of yep. are either sort of spent for mm. food or are currently sort of in a lockdown for some reason as in yeah you could probably rob the police station because they probably have a reserve of food but that'd probably be a really rubbish idea <laughs> a heist for a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well we might need to leave paris to get some food uh it's uh, it's been remarkable really within four days the food supply is broken down how what a telling thing of modern civilization yeah. <laughs> um, well one thought occurs is it necessary to leave paris to acquire food can we not fight evil and find lunch at the same time who stalks paris mm, yeah. like a scourge of evil that falcon man and his brave assistants must defeat. Hmm. What does the name Le Gourmand mean to you? Uh, it means a gangster. With massive amounts of food. Hmm. Right. Le well, Gourmand, tasty things. I, I, mm. I think maybe one place, if you if you want to see what's going down, is to is to go towards that area of town. Um, I, but we don't know a way around, but we don't know where the gangs hang out. So uh, not really that easier thing to do uh how about we just we just head out and then you know to buy some boots and do uh, and ask around you and we all, got money we can find you can some all food. hear what's outside just there is still out. the distinct sounds of combat in the distance it's not, not on your street that simple i can get out and i'll look for food don't worry we well, should go out together yes i agree Kind of thing. <laughs> Sasha looks nervous at that proposition. <laughs> Onwards, a noble quest for dinner. Um, yeah, if you two pointing at Sasha and Bertie want to go down, I just need to chat to Hamid. Uh, Alone, please. All right, uh, I will uh, go with Bertie. You say okay. She just runs, walks, walks out, and uh, just doesn't give him any time to keep up with her. <laughs> young lady, young lady, you're going slightly too quickly. Uh, one moment. Hang on. I'm um, stealthy as well, you know. That disappears into the distance. Joff Zolf and Hamid, in the increasingly shabby-looking presidential apartment, which has had no service now for yeah. a few times, a few days. Um, sorry for dismissing your... You don't need to apologise to me, Zolf. Yeah. Just... But thank you. I appreciate you being honest, but, you know, just a, a pep talk is... This is not the kind of situation that can be solved by that. But I appreciate that you also have things that you need to work through yourself. Just been spending far too long trying to hold things together. You've done a lot. Yeah, well... And... Maybe you don't want to hear my opinion, but I think you've been given those legs by Poseidon because he wants you to have a choice about what to do next. Yeah, well, 
is not deciding for you, but now you can choose whatever you think is right. I just don't feel like I deserve them. I don't know why I have them. I don't know why he's giving them to me. I just don't know. Maybe it doesn't mean anything to you, but I think you deserve them as well. And I think anyone except yourself would say the same if they knew everything you've done. Well, that's appreciated. Shall we go? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Before we start crying or something <laughs> stupid. We cut to... Hammond tries really hard not to cry! <laughs> Presentation on his own face. Yeah. <laughs> and just Hanky's really quickly wiping away. I'm just holding his sleeves up to his face, and the handkerchiefs come flying. <laughs> we will cut to Sasha. You having gone down the uh, stairs mm-hmm. and coming out at the bottom of the stairs with Bertie still clanking and talking to himself in the stairwell. Give me a perception check. Twenty. <laughs> Natural twenty. Nice. You see the concierge is stood at the door talking with someone on the far side who you recognise, he's on the far side of the gargoyle as the concierge is sort of calling mm. down the steps, is Oscar Wilde and he looks irritated yeah. because every time he keeps trying to push past the gargoyles and then a eight foot, you know, ish tall gargoyle quietly and gently just goes uh, and pushes him so hard back into the street he ends up on his arse. Sasha will uh, slip through the gargoyles who part for her eyes humour before um, and say, all right, Oscar. What have you got for us this time? He stands, I hope it includes dinner. He stands, straightens his um, hair. hair very, very carefully, <laughs> straightens his jacket. No, no, you were fine as you were before. Raises an eyebrow, comes up and goes, where are the rest, Sasha? Uh, they're deciding what they want to do what today. Do you, what are you yelling as you come out of the stairwell as he asks that question? Oh, well, Bertie is still, he's, he's checked the concierge desk whether his post has arrived. He's no still, post has arrived. No post. You know, the Royal Mail has really gone downhill since the development of constitutional monarchy. I can't help but feel that a dose of absolutism would really put the fire back into them. Okay, so we've got... <laughs> you! <laughs> Hello, Bertie. How are you? Furious, how are you? You do look good angry. Bertie tries and pulls like a sort of smile on it just to kind of like spoil <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't work. You kind of come out looking like a vague grimace, which I can only do for the people at this table, which is a sort of... Oh, so is, basically, that is, that is Bertie, <laughs> Bertie looks furiously constipated. <laughs> Hamid and Zolf, you make it down the stairs. Yeah. And Zolf, you make it down the stairs for yeah. a start. Oscar looks at you. Don't say anything. Raises an eyebrow. Don't. Uh, what Sasha, do you want? I wouldn't make. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know about you, I think it's time to leave. Yeah. I- yeah. What's being done to help Paris? Walk with me. He turns around and starts walking. I'm going to stare daggers at the back. Sure that that was some kind of word <laughs> Do you follow? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he's walking down the street that you are on. It's getting a very post-apocalyptic vibe by this point. Wait, wait, wait. Sasha really enjoys like gesturing to them to let Hammond and Zolf. Oh yeah, they have to be gestured as well. And then and then like as Bertie slams Bertie hot. tries to walk through as well and slams into Well them. what does this Bertie do? Very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just how they do it. Just give I, it give steady it. on there now, chaps. I do need to get through. Nothing. Just pauses enough to begin giggling and then says Good luck pigeon catching mates. So what, Sasha? Yeah. It was good fun. times. Yeah, for what? I've, I've fun with the the standing. Yeah. Looks like a nice change of perspective. Looks up. Looks down. Looks to Sasha. Shrugs its shoulders. Yeah. Well, have a good one. <laughs> Hope I'll see you again, mate. So, Looks heading off. with Wild. Wild's body language is very different from normal. Is it quite serious for once? You know what? It's guarded as he's walking down the middle of the street there is no traffic there are a number of those upturned carriages a couple of them look like they've been set on fire every mechanical man that you see has either been pushed over which by the way will have taken an enormous amount of force they are heavy or has been vandalized in some way had stuff drawn on them had um, 
street forward is getting really sloppy. <laughs> as wild I walking think the market's down been flooded. As There's wild... too many of them. Also, the market over there is flooded. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a few of the shop fronts have obviously been looted at some point. A few of them have been, you know, taken out. A few uh, railings have been torn out. It looks like people have gone to town. Everyone well, can say it's insane. Oh no! Oh, it's the river joke. It's a river yeah. joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on! Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. Really? <laughs> a river in Paris is called the Seine. Yeah. Yeah. Come on! Okay. So, you know, the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, give me a perception check. In all of the ones that have been torn out, mm. almost every single building that has been looted stored food, or stocked food, mm. or provided food, um, a food seller, a restaurant, whatever. Not all of them, but to your practiced eye, all of the ones that were done properly, mm. all of the ones that were done in an organized, professional way, all of them that were hit, yep. held food. Everything that was kind of amateurish, anything that had a, someone just taking a jab was valuables uh, yeah because it would have already occurred to her having uh, lived in uh, places where there were breakdowns in infrastructure that it was quite strange for a whole city to be completely empty of food within just about two or three days and um, to your eye every place that had food i don't just mean sort of like most like literally every single one that could have conceivably held food has mm. been here um right so uh le, le, I mean, it's a bit fitting, really. Uh, almost too neat. Um, but I, I think, guys, I think that uh, Lagomond might be uh, controlling Paris by uh, by its food. Someone better than me would be able to make a better pun. Um, <laughs> Why? La- Lagomond is, is, is con- has taken over all the food. Wilde's kind of absentmindedly, almost like his heart's not in it, just goes, yeah, he's trying to get a better bite of the apple, and he just carries on walking. It, it was weak. Yeah. Even for a while, that was weak. And he's just examining all of the street corners. Well, then and he's Bertie's making a point right. of sticking to the middle of the road. Well, then Bertie's right. We should go after Le Gourmand. We can't leave Paris in this state. If he's controlling the food, we go after him. We take him down and we make sure the food gets distributed properly. Again, whilst walking. Wild. Le Gourmand's not your problem. Lunch is my problem. We've got bigger problems than Le Gourmand right now. Yes, my tummy. It is rumbling... Listen, I, I, my fancy is some foie gras. Now, I think it takes better when it's produced more cruelly. <laughs> who, who is dealing with the La Gourmand problem? And what is the bigger problem? You've got to tell us stuff if you ask us to walk with you. He turns around and actually has a frown on his face. You all have a job that's more important than this right now, okay? We need to get you to Prague. We need to get you to Prague now. Why? Why? Because someone's making an opportunistic bid here, but not just here. There's other things going on. And right now, what do you think would be worse than anything coming out right now? He's carrying on walking. Yeah. Well, like some sort of broth, perhaps. I mean, that's, it's just not substantial enough. Let me break it down, Bertie. Okay, you ready? The kitchen's on fire. Ah! He's really struggling to simplify it enough <laughs> for Bertie. Like, you can see him actively straining. A bunch of soldiers turn up Rough and offer to put out the fire for you. Mm-hmm. All they ask is that you, you know, pay them. You'd pay them, right? Mm-hmm. How much would you pay them? Some pounds. Uh, you know what, Mr. Wilde? I'm sure the situation in Prague is very urgent and we should probably go there as soon as possible. But we are responsible for what has happened to the people of Paris and we will be the ones to help deal with it. Good day, gentlemen. Sasha, I start walking the other direction. Ahmed, I follow Wild. Get back here. Wild turns around, and for the first time, all of you see him actually angry. It's a it's a very uncharacteristic change in his face. He has a very severe frown. His features suddenly look significantly more angular. He turns, looks at Hamid, reaches out and clicks his fingers. Give me a will save. Seventeen. 17, you are held in place. He walks over to you, starts walking over to you very, very slowly and calmly. You are li- like mid-walk, held perfectly stationary. He makes it up to you, leans into Hamid's ear and says quietly so that only Hamid can hear. The bigger things 
at play here, Hamid. We don't need to be at each other's throats, but we do need to leave now. He clicks his fingers again and you are unheld. One of my hands spontaneously turns into a claw and grabs Oscar Wilde by the lapels mm -hmm. and says, I understand the gravity of the situation, Mr. Wilde. How about, for once in your life, you actually dispense we some information? We don't have time for your guilt, Both Hamid. of you, stop arguing. If you would follow me, I will explain. Everyone give me a perception check. Oh, critical fail. <laughs> uh, if, so it's in, if it's any consolation, this one's really important, so you are <laughs> back on task. <laughs> 17. 23. 26. Everyone apart from Bertie. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Four figures step out from amongst the abandoned buildings. You are completely surrounded. And we'll close the episode there. <gasps> it's all got a bit dark. Mm. It's all got a bit dark. Mm -hmm. But all going well. Any issues, problems? Falcon Man feels like he needs a gritty reboot already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Oscar Wilde could probably have solved this problem in one sentence. I'm sure there's a one-sentence summary yeah. of what's going on in Prague. But, but unfortunately, no. that never happened. So, if there's any consolation for Falcon Man, he is neither the hero Paris needs, <laughs> nor does <laughs> And on that note... And on that note... <laughs> bye, guys. Bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill. Or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Reaches his hand out and there's a weird warping of perception till the hand that's reaching out is actually normal human-sized. You find yourself... Hands. <laughs> <laughs> Crooked Lydia tells me my hands are tiny, but it's a lie. I have perfectly normal god hands. Sad. These hands are the best hands. The water is the best water of all of the waters that could be. How it my cult is best. My cult is amazing. You guys have the best words. <laughs>